to In the Word with Pastor Don Haskins, where we open up the Bible to see what God's Word says and how it might apply to our lives. Our prayer is that you allow Jesus to change you from the inside out. And now, today's lesson. open to John chapter 6, John chapter 6, verse 22. We're going to read and go over several verses. Really, we're only going to focus on one verse this morning, Um, but I kind of want to lead you up to it to give you an understanding of what it means in that one verse that we're going to go over. So we're going to start in John chapter 6, (coughs) verse 22. Something that I want to read beforehand. Um, As you know, the guys have been doing this book, Living by the Book by Hendricks. and, and one of the things that we read a couple of weeks ago at this point um, that he had written to us, and, and so regarding being a student of your Bible, studying your Bible, and being somebody that, that gets into that and just doesn't just read it for something to do that day. Um, but as he wrote, he wrote, the Bible was not written to satisfy your curiosity. It was written to transform your life. The ultimate goal of Bible study, then, is to do something to the Bible. It is not, isn't to do something to the Bible but to allow the Bible to do something to you. So truth can trans, trans tangent to your life. Truth becomes tangent to your life. You see, we frequently come to the Bible to study it, to teach it, to preach it, to outline it, everything except be changed by it. And, and that's, the, that's my desire this morning is that it, it's not a point that we're going to do a Bible study this morning. It's not a point that I studied something for you guys or for myself um, but it means nothing this morning if we come here today and we have a Bible study, we open up the Word of God, but yet we leave in an hour or 45 minutes and, and nothing has changed within our life. We haven't been challenged by anything within our life. We haven't seen the fruit of what anything that God wants to do within our life. If we come in here this morning, we open up God's Word, not with an expectancy that God would speak to us today, then, then why are we here? The point isn't to come here and to have a social time. I mean, it's fun to be with you guys, and I love you guys. Half the people in here right now are my family, so obviously I love most of you. Um, but the point of us to be here this morning is to be transformed by the Word of God. That the, the, the Word of God would then come inside of us this morning and, and, and do something within our heart and challenge us. And challenge us to come to Him even more than what we do before we came in here today. Most of you, obviously, if you show up on a day like this, you have a good relationship with the Lord. You wouldn't just come to church just to hang out when you're in a nice, warm, comfortable bed this morning when it's raining and everything else. So you have a hunger and a desire to be in the Word of God. But all of us can be challenged more than what we are currently. And so that's my desire this morning. And you'll understand more as I get to the end of the study of why I say that this morning as as well. So we look at John chapter John 6, chapter 22, and it starts off and it says, On the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except the one that his disciples had entered and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but the disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats had come and from Tiberias near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there nor his disciples, they also got into the boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, When did you come here? And Jesus answered them and said, 
Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food that endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set the seal on him. Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then, that we may see it and believe in you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate um, the manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from the heaven to eat. And then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to you, said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, but he who believes in me shall never thirst. And I'm actually going to stop there. There's a whole lot more theologically that we could continue on from there. But that's not the point again of this of the service this morning. The point of the service of this morning is we're going to build up to that verse. That last verse is going to be the verse that we're going to study today. But before we do that, we need to understand why did Jesus say that I am the bread of life? Why was that the analogy that he used? Well, chapter six is a very busy chapter. And if I taught for several weeks, then I could go over the entire chapter. But to kind of give you guys a synopsis as far as where we're at today, um, verse one through 14 starts off in chapter six and it starts off with the feeding of the 5,000. And most of you, if not all of you, have heard this before. People who don't go to church have heard of the feeding of the 5,000. And you guys kind of know the story. It's in all four of the Gospels. And, and all these people coming up and showing up and Jesus having compassion upon them. And the multitude looking at them, the sea of people that are now following him. And knowing that it's late that they've got to eat, he has compassion. But they realize they are unable financially to provide for them. So Jesus asks a question, hey, let's go get some food for these people, knowing that they can't. So they talk and they figure everything out. Jesus eventually has them all sit down. A little boy shows up. He's got five loaves and two fish. We all know that as well. Um, And then miraculously, he prays over it. They hand out all the food. They feed the 5,000 plus women and children. And at the very end, they still have 12 baskets of fragments left over from the five barley loaves. That's a miracle, is it not? I mean, we look at that today and go, wow, that would take care of, of any of the food problems that we have now. If we just had Jesus sit on a hill, pray over the food that we had, we'd have an abundance of food. We'd never have any problems. But again, that isn't the purpose of why Jesus did it. We move on 15 to 21, verses 15 to 21, another amazing miracle. Christ walks on water. Again, there's only been two people to walk on water. We know that, right? We know that it's Jesus and who else? Peter. Okay, we give Peter a hard time because he sank in the water, but again, he had to walk on water before he actually sank. But Jesus is here as he sends his disciples out because he needed to spend time alone with the Lord, with God, and and he goes and does that. He sends the guys out to get out to the other side. There rises up a huge storm, and they're nervous, as anybody would be. They don't have the big sailboats that they have now. I mean, it was a smaller boat. It's understandable. Even though they were fishermen, this storm has risen out of nowhere. And it's tossing and turning. And here comes Jesus just walking out, catching up to him. I mean, there's so many areas that you could talk about in this. But be it said that he comes on the boat, everything calms down. And then amazingly, they're on the other side of, the, of where they were trying to get to. 
That's an amazing miracle too, is it not? I mean, that's, that's two amazing things that have happened. Chapter 6 is just is an awesome chapter. As we get done with this, eventually Jesus will talk about that, that bring in, brings in communion. Eventually, he, the, everybody leaves when they feel, realize that I can't do that. I'm not going to eat your body and drink your blood. That's crazy. They all leave to the point where he even asked the disciples. Don talked about this a couple weeks ago and said, hey, are, are, are you guys going to stay as well? I mean, why are you here? I mean, he asked the last 12 people that are following him, are you still here? Why are you here? Well, they were there because they knew that Jesus was the Christ. Where, where else would we go? For only you have the words of life. So as we come in here this morning and as we, we see those amazing miracles, as we talked about Harvey before, it's hard to be in the midst of what it is that we read in Scripture because we read a quick 14 verses and then we read a quick six verses or seven verses and, and we move on to the next part, move on to verse 22. Well, it's kind of hard to really put yourself in that situation. But can you imagine being on a boat thinking that you're going to die? Seeing a man walk out on water gets in the boat, and everything settles down. That would just be, be amazing. You just wouldn't know what to say to Christ at that moment. I mean, you're covered in water at this point. It's been raining. And you look at this man and go, surely this is this got to be the Son of God. He has such power over everything. He makes food out of nothing. He calms the weather down. Jesus in chapter 5 has been debating the Jews already and, and he's, he's quite made it obvious of who he is. He's, he's told them flat out, look, it's me. I'm the Son of God. There's a debate that's been going on. Now as they leave and they head over, now his disciples are looking at him and going, man, this is an amazing man. that we're, we, we thought he was great before. But my goodness, look at our Lord. So as we move into verse 22 and it says on the following day, now you understand the following day now is after they have gotten off the boat. Now they have the, they've dried off. They've slept that night on the following day when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except the one that his disciples had entered and that Jesus had not entered the boat when his, with his disciples, but the disciples had gone away. However, other boats had come from Tiberias near the place where they ate bread and after the Lord had given thanks. And when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got in the boats and came to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? You know, I think a lot of times we as Christians, we sit on the sideline and when, when, when somebody from the world or a multitude shows up and, and people ask us questions, sometimes we get offended, don't we? Sometimes we look at it and we're like, why are they asking that question? Can I, can I submit to you, it's all right that the world asks us questions. I think that there needs to be more dialogue. There needs to be more people asking Christians questions. And then us being allowed and having the opportunity to answer those questions in a biblical way. Many times we look at it and we get offended or we don't want to answer a question or we don't, maybe it's because we're just, we're not sure what the answer is. You know, the Bible says be prepared in season and out of season. That's not just for pastors, it's for you. Bible says also to be prepared at any moment to give a, a defense of the gospel. We are supposed to be able to answer those questions. I mean, I think it was six months or eight months ago I talked about get witnessing. The fact that we need to be ready to witness. That it just doesn't happen. 
you you got to practice it. Right now, football is about to start. Well, they've been practicing for a month. Why do they practice for a month? Because you don't show up on game day and think that you're going to perform things the way that they should be. To be able to witness to somebody, to be able to have an answer to somebody, you need to study the Bible. You need to be changed by the Bible, what Hendricks said. But then you also have to practice those things. You need to be able to know that you've got, we, in the business, Dave's here, in the business we used to call them lip loaders if you were a salesman. You had to have a lip loader. Somebody was going to say this, I had to have something to say back. You had to put those words into your mouth so that you were ready to answer a question. I'm not saying you guys or I'm going to have every answer to every question that's out there. But it doesn't start with zero. You need to know some of the answers that are out there. Christian, what is the answer? What, why, why would God allow this thing to happen with Hurricane Harvey going into Texas? Man, I, I'm not going to answer that question. Man, I just feel bad for those people. Um, i got to go. It, that's not the answer. Christian, what, what, is, what, what does God say about the current president, the last president that we had? Or, or God, what, is, what does God say about North Korea? Or what does God... Christian, these are just world events. And we need to be able to come to them with a biblical answer to what it is. I saw on the other day, John MacArthur was talking about, um, somebody asked him the question about what had happened in Charlottesville, Virginia. And what did he think about it? Did did John MacArthur walk away from the question? Did John MacArthur um, say, well, I personally think. John MacArthur doesn't answer, well, I personally think this. He brought them to the Bible, answered in an appropriate way, and then put it back on the sin of the world, the anger of the world. But it has nothing to do with racism. It's about the different people and just the sin that they are in and just looking for anger to be able to, to display it. It was a wonderful answer. But there's a man who has studied the Bible and is now not shying away from questions. And I think that we as a Christian, Jesus doesn't shy away from this person, doesn't go, oh man, how did, they're going to find out that I walked on water. No! It's an amazing thing that we as Christians will shy away from people and not allow them. How are they supposed to be drawn to the word? How are they supposed to be drawn to the Lord if we're not there in the marketplace? If we're not there in real world situations, being able to live out what Christ has called us to do. Christian, allow them to ask you questions. Post that. Say, I, I, I want to answer your questions. If I don't know it, that's fine. I'll find the answer. But I want to bring you to Jesus. Don't be offended or upset. Verse 26 and 27, Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, seek me. You seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father set his seal on him. Now I say that whole thing last time. Now Jesus doesn't answer their question. I just thought it was hysterical. Jesus doesn't answer their question. They ask him a question, well, how'd you get here? And Jesus doesn't answer that question. He just moves by it. It's like a nonsense question right there. That, that, that's not really what you need to know. What you really need to know is this, that, that you're seeking after the wrong thing. And I know what your hearts. He's looking into their heart and going, that's not really the question that I need to handle right now. You're, you're looking for something else. You're not looking for signs. It's breakfast and you guys are hungry. And you're, you saw what I did yesterday with the food and you're like, hey, I want to get another free meal out of this guy. I want to see something else. I want the, the carnival show. I want to see what else Jesus is going to do today. And that's what he's addressing them. He says, you do not seek me because of the signs, but because of the food that I put in your belly. So many, so many just want the tangible benefits of what the Lord's blessings are. Jesus warns them and us not to waste our energy on things that are going to perish. 
So many of us sit there and we, we look at the things of the world and we get so enraptured by the things of the world and cars and house and clothes and, and we get so tied up into the, the things that I want the Lord to bless me with. I told you before, I, I have no desire for that. I, I, don't, I, I don't want my life to be that Kevin had a, had a good house and he had some nice cars and he raised a pretty family. And you know, I, I want my, my life to be something that, that I did something for the kingdom of God. There was, a, there was changed lives wherever Kevin went. That, that, that they saw Jesus in, in the life that Kevin lived. Now, Kevin, they want to bless Kevin with something, that's fine. I, that's, that's great. That's more than what I've ever asked for. Because I know outside of salvation, I don't even deserve salvation. The rest of it is just gravy. I know that the Lord, and the Bible talks about it, and the Lord can bless you and wants to bless you. And I think me, people have misconstrued you know, that and, 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 and all. And yes, the Lord can do those things, but that's not the focus of my heart. The focus of my heart is, how do, how do I do ministry better? How do I serve you guys better? How do I serve the, my customers at work better? How do I serve my family better? How do I serve them in such a way that they know that Jesus has entered within their path and that they know that when they come to me that they're not going to question get an answer that has to do with world, worldly views and world politics and how you can kind of twist this to kind of get this out of something. No, that they're going to get something that, that matters in life. That there's something that's in, it's kingdom business has happened within their life because Kevin has entered it. That's my desire. My desire is not to, to drive a Ferrari. I don't even think I would drive a Ferrari if I had the money to do it. Just again, because it's just it's it's not a it's not a desire of my heart. I might rent one. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it'd be kind of fun to drive it. I'm not against that, but I am a car guy. But it's then they said to him, well, "What shall we do that we may work the works of God?" Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he sent. Again, another point for you guys today is that <clears throat> what works must we do? And I think Pastor Don talked about this as well a week or so ago. And that sometimes we just feel like it, it's too easy. That the grace is just too easy. Don't you feel that way sometimes? Don't you feel like, no, I've I got to put, i got to do something, right? I mean, i I got I got to kind of earn it. When there, there was work to be done, I've got to kind of, I've got to kind of do something in there because it just can't be that easy. It just can't be that easy that Jesus died on a cross, and obviously it wasn't easy for him. But, but I get to come along after that, and I just, I just have to believe. You know, and then the Bible says that the faith that I have, I, I didn't even get myself. That God provided it. And you're like, what? I mean, really, it's that. It can't be that easy. I mean, there's got to be some kind of struggle that I go through. I mean, I get certain religions that, that kind of have that mantra. Don't you at times? I mean, we kind of give them a hard time, but, but I get it. I mean, there's got to be something that I have to do to be able to earn this. You know, either I've got to work a little harder or I've got to suffer a little more. I've got to pound my body into submission. I mean, I've got to do something that it just can't be this easy. And, and as they come to him, they're like, well, well what's, this, the, what's the work that I have to do for God? I mean, they're coming out of Pharisees and they're, they're very pharisaical and they've set up hundreds of laws to be able to do this and that and be able to get closer to God and to prove that they're closer to God. And they're like, what, what do I got to do? And Jesus just comes to them simply and says, look, it's, it's just you got to believe in him that the Father sent. Like, what? Again, it can't be that easy. Jesus spends most of the, John 5 
John chapter 5 of just, again, debating and talking to the Jews and explaining to them that, look, it's me. Do you guys understand that it's me? This one that you have been searching for, the Christ, has finally come. But it's not in the package that they want. It's not in the, the, the way that they want to be able to obtain it. And so they're looking for something different. And so many of us at the same point will sit there and we'll do the same thing. Maybe before you became a Christian, you just looked at Jesus and you're like, ah, but I still want to do this. Can I have Jesus and still go out to bars on Friday night? Can I do Jesus and, and still do this? Can I, can I have a little bit of Jesus and still a lot of this over here? Or, you know, just today I'm feeling more Jesus. Can I do more Jesus today and none of this over here? I mean, we kind of want to play our own thing. But Christ says, no, it's me. It's me. You've got to follow the one that God sent, which it is me. <laughs> then they come in in verse 30 and say, Therefore they said to him, Well, what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? And, and honestly, you guys know me, so you know I'm kind of sarcastic in my thoughts and all. And um, if I was, honestly, if I was Jesus, I think I would have slapped them. You know, I'd have been like, What? Did you just did you just not see? I mean, you came here today because you wanted food. Uh, I've just healed a bunch of people. I mean, I just walked on water. You know, what sign? Really? That's the question that you're going to ask the Son of God. That what what sign can I perform? What more do you want me to do for you? I mean, really? I'm coming here. I've done all these things, and really, that's the question. That what, what sign am I going to perform to you? Verse thirty-one. He continues. This is our fathers. They say. Our fathers ate the manna in the desert as it is written. And he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And then Jesus corrects him and says, Look, most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives his life to the world. And then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. You guys know the story too back in Exodus where they're in the desert and they have no food. And so it wasn't Moses that gave to, to them. God comes to Moses and says, look, these are the rules. This is the stipulations of what I want to happen. When you guys wake in the, in the morning, there's going to be this little sweet cracker in the ground, manna. Grab as much of it as you want, but don't save any until the next day. And so the next day, some of them, of course, being like us, they save some for the next day because they were unsure it's going to be there. That has maggots and all in it and it rots. But the next day is the fresh amount. But then the day before Sabbath, you're allowed to take twice as much. It will, not, it will not waste the next day. So now, just so you understand, as they're saying this and Jesus corrects them, it wasn't Moses. Moses didn't have a special concoction underneath his tunic and, and be able to provide them the bread that they needed that day. It was the Lord. They went to bed that morning, uh, that night. They wake up the next morning, and then there's just manna to, to, to take as much as they want. And so they look at him and say, look, we, we know a great miracle that happened. We remember Moses. Moses gave us this manna. And she says, no, 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 you're, you're missing the point again. But it wasn't Moses. It was my father who provided that for you. And even greater than that, than that listen to me, th- right now I'm providing you even more than that. God's going to give you something greater than that you could ever imagine. It reminds me of John chapter 4. If you back up a couple, a couple pages here, John chapter 4, the woman at the well, verse 7, it says, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. You guys know this story. For his disciples had gone away to the city to buy food. And then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is that you, being a Jew, asked to drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jesus had, for Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. 
And Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that says, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, What, what would have given you living water? The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, and who have given us this well, and drank from it himself, and as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give to him will never thirst again. But the water that I shall give him will become, will become in a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw again. And again, as you look at her and you look at the Jews now that, that are asking for bread, they're asking the same thing. Jesus in just is, is incredible because he's not using some kind of theological, he's using the exact appropriate prop for what is happening in their life right now. The woman at the well, he's not going to bring up bugs and insects or something else. He's going to bring up water because that's what she's dealing with right now. And that's what's tangible to her understanding. With the, with the Jews that he's talking to here in John chapter 6, he's talking about bread because everybody understands and everybody remembers because their bellies are full from the bread that they ate the night before. So as Jesus looks at her and says, hey, look, I'm going to give you this water, then you'll never thirst again. In her mind, she's thinking in her flesh and she's thinking through her body and she's thinking that I don't want to come out of here at 12 o'clock in the afternoon every day because the city doesn't like me. This is the only time I can come out here. I want to come. I don't, I don't ever have to do this again. Give me this water that I might not ever thirst again. The same thing with the Jews here is they're looking at him going, hey, this bread, yeah, give me this bread. I, I like this idea. She says, I can give you so much more than that. Lord, give us this bread always. Give us this bread to fill our flesh. Give us this, this, this tangible thing, whatever it is that's in their life, because I don't want to ever have to do this again. Might I submit to you guys this morning that, that many of us do the same thing that we are looking at them doing, that we do to Christ as well. And this is the catch from, from the Bible story that I'm talking about today. See, I read this verse a couple weeks ago from my devotion, and, and it's kind of stuck with me the last couple weeks. You know, we talk about, you know, you just kind of kind of just sit on there and, and just think it through and just kind of chew on it like, like, cud, like, a, like, a, like a cow does. Well, this verse has kind of just continuously been with me. In fact, I, I did it for the men's devotion a couple weeks ago in our smaller group. And maybe I'm different than the rest of you guys, but there are many times in my life that I, I do not come to Jesus with my needs and my troubles and the true belief that, that He can handle my problem. I think, again, that I have to work it out in some way. I know that many of us right now, and even in this room this morning, there's, there's financial issues that we're dealing with. I know that there's, there's, there's food problems, whether what I can consume, whether I consume too much. I know that there's relationship problems in here today, whether either with your spouse or with your significant other. Maybe there's relationship problems with a, a family member or a friend health issues. For such a small church, I'm amazed at the amount of health issues that we have within our church. Either it be with children, suffering with different things, or whether it be um, with parents that were now in roles of reverse and now 
those children are now taking care of their parents. And this morning I, I, I ask you, well, what is yours? What's yours that you're dealing with that you feel either you have to work it out or that you have to do something or that Jesus isn't big enough to be able to take care of the problem that you have? Because as we move into verse 35, it says, And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger again, and he who believes in me will never thirst. And the I here is, is, is me. He's saying me. Not me, Kevin, but me, Jesus. And it's only used when it's expressed in an emphatic way. As he looks at them right at this moment, he's, he, there's an emphatic impression that he's putting on it. It's, it's I. It's me. I am the bread of life. He didn't just he didn't mumble it. He didn't softly whisper it. He's letting them know right now it's I. It's me. There's, there's no doubt about who, I'm t- who is being talking about here. Jesus this morning is declaring to us right now that it's me. It's me, Jesus, to come to me this morning. You see, bread, Wikipedia says, bread is a staple food prepared from dough, a flour and water, usually by baking. Throughout recorded history, it has been popular around the world as one of the oldest artificial foods. I didn't understand that. Having been of importance since the dawn of agriculture. Side note, it's a very beloved, it's very beloved in the Sullivan household. If he was talking to me, it might have been Kevin, I am the buttermilk biscuit of life. I am the pandabono of life. Jesus states to them that he is the manna that they need. And yes, I know that he's this area of scripture is also that he's calling them to a salvation point. He's telling them that they need to come to him today to receive salvation, that he is the way, the truth, the life. I understand that. But I also think that he, he's using this as an area too for us today to say that, look, Christian, I, I, am, I am the bread of life. Too many times we sit there and we get saved and then we feel like we've got to go back to the old ways of how we were doing things. That I can hustle, I can get something done. And I think we forget also who Jesus is. And I've done this before, but did you know that Jesus is He's my Savior? 2 Peter 3.18, He's my hope. He's my brother. He's my portion. Jesus is my helper. He's my physician. He's my healer. He's my refiner. Jesus is my purifier. He's my Lord and master. Jesus is my servant, my example. He's my teacher. He's my shepherd. Jesus is my keeper. He's my feeder. He's my leader. He's my restorer. He's my resting place. He is my Passover. Jesus is my peace. He is my wisdom. He is my righteousness. He is my sanctification. He is my redemption. And he is my all in all. That's who Jesus is to us. Just for the record, if we were in the Dominican Republic, they would have been a whole lot louder than you guys. Because those are glorifying statements that have been made there. I mean, as we sit there and we look at whatever problem that we're going through in life, the answer is still Jesus. The point of the matter is, is that as we focus on whatever problem that you're going through is that you're not focused on 
the true bread of life and who the true answer of what that answer, the problem is. I mean, a lot of times we, we sit there and look at it and go, well, well, Kevin, you know, what's it going to do? What's Jesus going to do for me? Well, I'm asking you, well, what are you doing right now for Jesus? Well, how, do, how do you communicate with Jesus? Well, I think that one of the first things that you can do is be in the Word. And I, and I say that, and I'll tell you right now, standing up here, half of you nodded your heads. Half of you nodded your heads. But I hope 100% of you are in your Word every day. 100% of you guys. And, and it's not for me, because I have my own relationship with Jesus that I have to work on. I say that because I want 100% of you to be in the Word of God. 100% of you guys to be able to read verses like that that then can either convict you or encourage you, but ultimately bring to you to a point where you realize, I cannot do anything without Christ. It says even in Colossians that he holds the world in his hands. I'm not talking about God. I'm talking about Jesus. I mean, it, Jesus isn't just a man who died on a cross. Jesus is still God. Jesus is the only reason that we have any kind of hope for heaven. So as I read the word of God and as I study who Jesus is, now that becomes the characteristic of who I am. And that's what we desire for you guys. Our point of, of coming here is, is not just to get up here to be able to teach, not just to get up here and, and say fun things and laugh and joke, but really the purpose this morning is, again, is I want you to be transformed by the word of God. I want you in your word of God and, and to be studying it and to apply it to your life and find the areas that, that I need to be improved on. That I, I need to come before God humbly and look at this verse and go, Kevin, where is it that I'm not trusting in God enough? And I need to address those issues. I then need to come before the Lord. I need to apologize and I need to repent and then allow him to be able to the one that works in my heart and that I find opportunities to be able to know, you know what, I can't handle that problem right there and I can't deal with it, but I know somebody who can I mean, I could get overwhelmed right now with the needs of people that are in, in, in Texas right now with Hurricane Harvey. There's nothing tangibly that I can do to take the entire state of Texas under my arms and, and help them out. But I know God who can. And I know some people will sit there and look at it, well, it's just a cop-out to say that God can do it. Well, I, I know nobody else who can. I know that nobody else who is able to do something like that. I know that within my family, there's certain health issues that are going on. I, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I didn't even say it at Holiday Express last night. But I know a God who is a great physician, who is able to then minister to that need and be able to do what he desires to be done within that situation. And, and I pray for healings, I pray for health, but if God desires something else, then I have to be willing to submit to whatever God has asked for that area as well. So the first part for you guys is to be in your word every single day. And, not, and again, not just a, a check off, man, I checked it off that day. If you're on a, on a year plan to read the Bible and it takes you four years to read it because, man, I cannot get by this verse right here, then stay on the verse. The point of being in the Bible is being transformed by it is that if God is still speaking to me in this verse right here, then why do I need to go to something else? He's, he's dealing with me in an issue right here. I need to be able to submit and be able to understand that and I need to be just able to glorify in what God is doing in that area. Once I've been released from that area, then man, read. I have a hard time. I love the beginning of the Bible. Even Exodus and, and, and Numbers and Deuteronomy, it's kind of weird now. I didn't used to like those. But um, I'll be honest, the hardest area of the Bible for me to read 
Some of you guys love it. It is like Psalms. I have a hard time. I mean, I know some of you guys are like, oh, you're artsy and I love poems and all that kind of stuff. That's great. Man, I can only hear and read 15 times that day that God is glorious. I know God's glorious. I love it. But I like history, you know. So, I mean, when I get into First Samuel and all, and I'm like cooking, man. I'm like, I can read this all day long. This is great stuff, you know. But, but to be in the Word of God, sometimes I need to hear that. I need to hear that God is glorious that day, even though I know it. There's so many times I'll read the Bible that morning, and that verse comes up in a conversation that I have later that day. And you go, oh, Kevin, that's just coincidence. It was just on your mind. No, but it fits perfectly fits exactly to whatever is needed to be done that day. The next thing I'm going to encourage you guys is to be in prayer. In prayer. It's a hard thing to do. It's an easy thing to do, and it's a hard thing to do. In our house, I mean, it's, it, I feel like it's a horse race. Like when that, when that alarm goes off in the morning, it's like the horses are out the gate. It's like, you know, Churchill Downs, man, it just takes off, you know, and we're like, we're gone, you know, and it's, 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 and you're so stinking tired. It's like, I don't want to wake up at five in the morning to do this, you know. But at, at like five to six, man, it's, it's, the horses are gone. You know, they're, we're off to the races. And, and so it's a difficult thing. So I get the busyness of life. And then you get to the end of the day and the horses are finally back in the stables and, and you're just exhausted, you know. I'm not 25 anymore, you know. I'm not old, but I'm, I'm not 25 anymore. And so things affect me a lot more than they used to. Right there should have been preach it, you know, or something like that there. But um, <laughs> but the important thing is to be in constant conversation with the Lord. Pray without ceasing. You know, it, it's important to have a time of the day that you pray. Can can I can I tell you guys also? It's important that pray without ceasing is is just to have a conversation with the Lord throughout the day. And that's one of the things I really love to do and um, is just be able to talk to God throughout the day about different things. I'm hoping something like Enoch happens to me. I, I think God, you, know, God, you guys know the story about Enoch, that he just walked with God and, and he was up in heaven. You know, he's gone, you know. I, I hope something like that happens with me. That I think, I think Enoch had such a great relationship with God. They just talked all the time. And I think finally God was just like, dude, why, why are you down there? You know, I, I want you up here with me. And I think he just brought him up there. And I think that that is the coolest thing is to be able to have such a strong relationship with the Lord that as these trials and these tribulations, which are promised to us, you know, again, as, as we look at, I was talking to a, a Christian the other day that where you're surprised about the racial tensions and, and this person's uh, African-American. Um, and he's like, both of us were like, no, it, it's not going to get any better before Christ comes. I mean, if it got better and everything was perfect on earth, guess what? Christ doesn't come back. But the person reason Christ comes back is things have gotten to a point where Christ has to come back. Things aren't always going to get better, Christian. We're to pray for those things. We're to pray for people. And the longer that he waits, the more people that we get to go to heaven. But the point is, is that it's not going to get any better. But as you walk through your life, if, if, if I'm in the word of God, and if I'm praying and I'm talking humbly and heartfelt to the Lord, then these areas of my life will help me to realize who is it that I'm coming to. And Christian, as I encourage you guys, the same thing is as you go through your life, do not forget the basics. Do not forget the fact of what is it that really is required of me. Gosh, I, I need to be in the Word of God every day. And I need to be praying to God unceasingly. And allow the Lord to be able to work through me to take care of all these other things in my life. Amen?
Father, I thank you so much for this morning. And, and God, we, I thank you for the word. The word which is sharper than any two-edged sword, Lord. That God, no, no matter where I am at, that no matter that wherever we are at, that we can read your word and be convicted, Lord. Lord, I know that we can read your word and, and find hope and encouragement. God, I pray for these saints that are here this morning and just whatever it is that we are going through, each one of us, that, Lord, we will come to you humbly and, and ask for help, ask for forgiveness in areas that we need to. But, Lord, that we would reach out to you and, and ask you to be the one that handles these areas in our life. Lord, do whatever that you've asked us to do. Here's that we need to actually be productive and active in it, that, Lord, you would give us the energy and the direction to do those things. But, God, that it wouldn't be done in our flesh, that we would reach out to you knowing that you are the only one who provides life. God, again, we just pray for safety this day as we head home and, and the roads that you, Lord, would protect us and take care of us. God, I pray for the other churches that are in this area. May God, again, that the, the word would be going out. Souls would be saved, Lord. Lives would be changed. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. So, did Jesus cause a change in you today? Or do you need prayer? We'd love to hear from you. Please contact us by visiting our website at calvarychapelcf.com or call our office at 941-926-3717. That's 941-926-3717. Again, thanks for listening to In the Word with Pastor Don.